This is episode 700 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, how people survive or not in a collapsed economy. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only video, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly online meetups. Hey, this is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Before we jump into the article of this episode, I just wanted to remind you, if you are interested in getting the top 10 articles on Prepper Website sent to your email every single week, then I have a service over at buymeacoffee.com. It's $5 a month or $50 a year if you want to sign up for that. And uh, what I do is I look at the top 10 articles of the week and we post anywhere between 8 to 12 articles every single day. And so instead of having to sift through all of those articles to find the, the best ones, I send you the top 10 by clicks into your email. And so in a nice little newsletter format, you can go, you can click on the link and you can see which ones are there and, and read them. Now, if you, because you're listening to this podcast, of course, you might not have time to read articles. I hear that from a lot of people. Well, this is distilling all the best ones down so that you only get 10 a week. Or if you don't want to read them, you can always throw them into the Pocket app and the Pocket app will read articles to you. I've talked about that before. I use that on a regular basis as well. And so you can uh, check that out if you are interested in that. And then that also helps to support the podcast and the website and the work that I do here. Um, Some people just choose to buy me a coffee and you can do that. Uh, Buy me a coffee is um, it's not really a social media, but it's a place where I can post and I'm really posting more of my personal stuff there. And so I don't really post a lot of my personal pictures and things like that on other social media. I mean, everything that's there is either I'm promoting the gospel or I am you know, promoting something with the website or the podcast or something along those lines. But uh, over at Buy Me A Coffee, I'm sharing some more personal information and or just really articles and uh, or things that I'm writing and pictures and stuff that I'm taking and just having some fun over there. So uh, if you haven't been over there, just you can go just check it out. You don't have to support or anything like that. Um, there's a link in the show notes. So you can go click over there and just kind of see what I'm doing. Um, I'm just having a little bit of fun. So that again, that's buy me a coffee. And it allows creators on the internet to have a place where you can, um, where people can support them. I've, I've always been asked about, you know, donations and things like that. And I've never really wanted to do that. I just, I don't know why. But uh, buy me a coffee is, is is a place where you can do that. I feel like I'm doing something as far as sharing uh, at, at least a little bit of my personal life there. And so if you're interested in that. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the article of this episode. This article comes to us from theorganicprepper.com. Again, uh, that's Daisy Luther's 
website. She's always posting really great content. This article was actually written by Jose. And so if you've been following Jose, Jose Martinez, right? So if you've been following the, the podcast for a while, you know that Jose, I've uh, read his articles. He is from Venezuela. And so uh, when Venezuela collapsed, he left and his family left. And, um, you know, there were I think they were bouncing around in different places, but he has since gone back to Venezuela. Uh, he had a lot of family there and, uh, you know, he, he wanted to go back and, and, and make a life there. I mean, not only that, you have your family. When, when you leave and you're by yourself, I mean, there's something to say that, hey, you want to give your kids the, the best life. But at the same time, you, you're you by yourself, right? It's just you and your spouse. And I think he had uh, one one kid, if I'm not mistaken. So all his other family, uh, and I'm sure his wife's family is there in Venezuela. So they went back to Venezuela. And this article is really talking a little bit about uh, the economy there and how they are getting along and how, uh, I guess, his observations of how people are getting along. And so I think this is very relevant to where we are because we kind of see our economy, at least those that are paying attention, kind of see our economy kind of teetering. Now, some are experiencing a lot worse situations right now because of the COVID lockdowns and uh, you know job loss and different things like that. Other people, maybe you're starting to uh, get a little, little bit more even keel with your finances and where you are. But I think that overall, we're going to continue to see a decline in our economy and a decline in, in just what we're used to here in the United States. And really, all countries are going to start to see that if you're not already seeing that on a grand scale. And so I think some of these things that he talks about are um, just really relevant to us to really get us thinking and maybe even planning ahead. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it again from theorganicprepper.com. The article was entitled, How People Survive or Not in a Collapsed Economy, and it's by Jose Martinez, living in Venezuela. No matter what the media says about how things are now, how you perceive reality is what truly matters. I know keeping false hopes can be hazardous. I have experience with that, trust me. Confirmation of that is found in deep insights like the ones in this Hopium article, and so there is a link here. At first, I was like, okay, so this article is hopium. But uh, no, actually, there's a link to an article about hopium. So after one month of adjusting to my perception of this little town in Venezuela, where I lived more or less peacefully until my early adulthood, I can acknowledge my vision while away was not exactly the most accurate. So those wealthy enough for sure have no problems even if that wealth is mainly invested in facilities within our borders, machinery, vehicles, real estate, and properties. However, I do notice many empty commercial rentals. One primary reason for the empty rentals is people are not adequately analyzing the market here. I see this all over, not just here, but in many other cities, Lima included. It's not something new, but the cruelty of a deprived economy reinforces terrible business choices. Lack of planning and preparation is a sure way to kill any entrepreneur endeavor. One must do a proper market study before entertaining the thought of opening a business in the middle of a slow motion collapse. This process involves plenty of experience, knowledge, and a critical capability, awareness. All right, so in I just wanted to break here really quickly. He's talking about commercial real estate in the commercial market. 
Uh, we're seeing a lot of that here as well. If you're uh, paying attention to things like that, uh, because of the, the lockdowns, and it wasn't until the lockdowns, uh, people were not uh, really, actually, it was before that, if I remember correctly. So I don't have any hard data on that, but there was already uh, issues with commercial property. But COVID accelerated it a lot more, especially since people have were working from home. And a lot of companies are realizing, you know what, we really didn't lose any steam with people working from home, or maybe we can uh, dial back how much space we're renting or how much space we need. And we can dial back to maybe like a storefront instead of having everybody housed in one, you know, one location. And so there's going to be some adjustments there, especially as people uh, who own businesses are looking at profits and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's one of those things that we've kind of experienced here. And uh, it's probably going to wind up continuing because of the slowdown in the economy. Like the big box stores, of course not. They're blowing and going and they're, they're doing well. The storefronts for mom and pop stores and things like that that uh, didn't really survive during COVID or uh, are really teetering. You know, any little hiccup right now could cause them to to shut down. Uh, those types of places, man, you know, where, where they're renting commercial spaces, it, those things are really hurting. So just, just something to remember there. And he's coming at it from that there's a lot of space that could be used. And that, you know, that could be a fault of the people who own the property not having the vision of how it can be used as well. So if you're in that situation, if you're a commercial real estate uh, property owner, you know, it's one of those things. Maybe you could start using or thinking about how you can use your property in different ways. So uh, that's uh, that might be a good a good thought experiment for you. All right. So, for example, if you're the only shoemaker in town, you can expect an overwhelming amount of shoes to repair, along with some basic sewing and clothing repair. It is a skills-based economy. In our small town, the diesel engine and gasoline engine mechanics, car electricians, home electricians, plumbers, and non-specialized labor are usually busy. Hairdressers seem to have enough customers to keep them more or less busy. During the pandemic, they went to their customers' homes. Most people who repair things, whether they're good at it or not, can make a living. We even have a pair of locksmiths, something unexpected, in a town this small. Of course, those who produce food always have consumers. Our traditional white cheese, grain coffee, and stuff like semi-industrial homemade cornmeal, flour for arapas, will find their ways to the market. Those selling semi-processed foods like birthday cakes, fried dinner items, pastries, semi-industrial sausages, chorizo, and industrial smoked pork chops find a market too. So Daisy has talked about this before, producers versus consumers. All right, uh, just really quick here. I think that is very important, right? Skills are very important. I'm going to talk a little bit more about these on uh, on the backside as we recap but skills are important and people who are able to to uh, do things you know around the house when you when you look at this list right so diesel gasoline engine mechanics car electricians home electricians plumbers even non-specialized laborers i think it was really interesting when he said whether they're good at it or not can make a living and so sometimes the people that are desperate to have something done 
will, you know, will will choose somebody who is not the very best at it, but they need to get it done, you know. And so you um, you can't go out and buy a brand new whatever, you know, new widget. So you got to make do with what you have. All right. So moving on. I saw a young man buying some groceries right before me in a small produce shop. He had a $10 bill. The shop cashier quickly calculated how much local currency was according to the official rate. As the staples he wished to purchase did not total $10 and the cashier had no change, she asked him to add another item. He chose a few popsicles for the kids from a jar on the counter, a little garlic, a couple of onions, and some oranges. He was a little bit over the $10 mark, but she let it pass. Everyone wins. Those $10 bills surely will land in someone else's pockets and will remain as hard currency for quite some time. $5 banknotes are hard to get and $1 coins are usually not accepted while $1 bills are sold at 25 to 40% above their worth. Merchants buy them to have change available. All right, so and he talks, uh, there's a lot of links interspersed between this, uh, this article. And so you can click on that as well. Uh, a link talking about money exchange. So luck is a factor, but a minor one. Developed and polished skills are undoubtedly a major one in such success. All right. I'm going to read that again. Luck is a factor, but a minor one. Developed and polished skills are undoubtedly a major one in such success. My family and I have had plenty of time to talk. After five years of not being face-to-face, you may guess we have much information to share. My family's consensus is people have survived with some degree of relative comfort because they, one, never stopped working, two, did not wait for any handouts, and three, did not expect things just to get better. As for the others, those who did not fare so well were those who lacked the aptitude to produce or generate. Less creative people accustomed to routine work had their world suddenly torn apart, leaving them in a living hell. Many people who worked in retail selling clothes suffered because people can reuse the same clothing for years without too much trouble. Under these circumstances, one needs to barter whatever and whenever it's possible. The best possible advice is valid in any economy. Produce something that requires less investment and adds the most significant value to your customers' lives. Now, guys, like I said, uh, I want to... I wanna... I'm going to recap here when we get to the end of this article, but I think that that statement is very significant as well. I'm going to read it one more time uh, because I, w- I want to say something here that uh, sometimes people, when they, when they hear this, they have one frame of reference and they don't realize the you know where it can go. But uh, again, it says the best possible advice is valid in any economy. Produce something that requires less investment and adds the most significant value to your customers' lives. A lot of people will take that and they're thinking produce something uh, tangible, right? And definitely that's going to be it. So you produce something tangible or you produce something, uh, you know, you have a skill that you're able to to provide. But there are some things that maybe you provide entertainment. And so that's not tangible at, in, you know, to the point where someone can, can hold it. So you, maybe you provide um, entertainment. Maybe you teach something, 
right? So all those those things along those lines are things that are valuable that you're producing. You're 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 creating um, you know, a way for people to learn or or to have fun or to get away from their their crazy world. Just have a little bit of time to to relax or whatever that might be. And that might not be, if you're creating that, that might not be tangible. That might not be a skill. So kind of really put that in the back of your head when you're thinking about what you can produce out there. Because a lot of people get very just like, hey, um, I got to be in this one little bucket here or it's this other little bucket here. You know, I'm not really thinking what the possibilities are. All right. So let's go ahead and move on here and let's kind of finish this article out here. Oil industry jobs, as well as most other related services and product industries, are gone. Salary in the national oil industry is a total joke. Buying a new car is impossible. The only new motorcycles a person can buy for a reasonable price are inferior Chinese brands that won't hold together after a couple of years of regular use. Plants have come to a halt. I had the gut feeling this would happen, and that's what that was why I tried to put some stuff together over 10 years ago and began prepping. But many elderly people walk the streets with a handcart, offering vegetables or fruits. Children usually walk with them while they sell or barter whatever they can harvest or grow. They may not be the most giant tomatoes or potatoes you find in the shops, which are brought by trucks from the mountains three or four hours away, but surely they will keep you healthy. And they are tasty and locally grown. Many of them receive rice packages, eggs, pasta, beans, and other things in exchange for their goods. So you are the creator of your own story. One reason I came back, other than feeling unrooted and disheartened, was to create a different meaning to my life. I chose to travel back and live in my country, for a while at least, to make a decent living on my terms, on known terrain and to avoid dependency on someone else to keep my pantry and kiddos' bellies full. With the Great Reset marching on, it's more important than ever to have a place of my own with decent land to grow food, herbs, greens, spices, something, anything. The most important lesson that coming back has taught me is how keeping stress under control can improve your life. Maintaining a balance between proper relaxation and the quote-unquote, beneficial stress state, if such a thing exists, is highly productive and makes us work more efficiently where it matters. So have you thought about how you'd survive in a full-on economic collapse? Do you have any skills that will enhance your survival and lifestyle in an economic collapse like the one in Venezuela? What are they? Talk about these in the comments. So there's 27 comments you can uh, go and you can check out. And like I said, this article has a lot of other links um, you know, Daisy has been writing a lot over the years and then Jose and there's, you know, she has a lot, a team of writers. And so there's a lot of great information over at the organic prepper that, uh, that are linked in this article. All right. So I wanted to just do a little recap and a little bit of commentary before we end this podcast. So one of the things he talked about were skills and how skills are valuable. And you might be thinking, okay, what skills do I have? So I want to encourage you. You know, one of the things he said was, what can you do now to prepare? 
So you, we're thinking you don't want to wait till the last minute. You don't want to wait till you see, you know, things are really collapsing. You want to start thinking about these things now, what you can do now to prepare for that time. So knowing what skills you have and what uh, you are capable of doing is going to be important so that when you need to move into this or even really start kind of now uh, and, and you can start getting getting it out there. And I'll just talk about that here in just a minute. Don't want to get ahead of myself. But you start to know what you're, you know, you're able to do and you know your options. So one of the things you might want to do is do a skill audit. Just kind of sit down and write about, uh, you know, list all the things that you feel you are able to do. What are you good at? What do you feel you are good at? And so you might be, you might feel like, hey, I'm, I'm good in the garden. I can, I can build a garden. I can plant seeds and I can get them to grow and, uh, you know, produce, produce fruit and vegetables, right? That might be something that you're really good at. I'm good at fixing things, fixing electrical things. I can, uh, you know, I can get something broken and I can just fix, I can, you know, look at, look it up online and, and fix it, right? There's been plenty of things that I have done. Um, you know, just by looking at YouTube, YouTube videos. Now, again, in a, in a complete collapse, you know, SHTF, the end of the world as we know it, you're probably not going to have an internet. But in this situation right now, we got to, you know, really stop thinking. It's almost like two extremes. Like you're living your life and then you have the walking dead, right? It's like a lot of people don't see anything in between. But in Venezuela, where there's been a total collapse, um, they still have internet. I mean, he's still getting his articles out to to Daisy to be able to put up on on the organic prepper. So you know, you still have that ability to 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 research and and to do things like that if you needed to. So what are you good at? You know, what what are you capable of doing? And then after you get your list and after you write all that down, what I would do is I would ask friends. And, you know, maybe you, you, you don't tell them what you're doing. Maybe you do tell them what you're doing. But, you know, ask them to let you know, hey, what do you think I'm good at? You know, what, what is something that you would consider that I have a skill? Because here's the thing. A lot of the times we don't, we don't think that the things that we are capable of doing are really skills. We just think, hey, this is just normal. Everybody does it. But there are some things that you do that your your friends or you know family members might look at and say, no man, I mean I can't do that. That's not that's not something that everybody has a skill at. You know, like again, going going in and gardening and growing something from a seed to you know a plant that's producing fruit. You know, there's going to be people who are like, no, I don't. Uh, you might look at that and say, that's you know no big deal. But others would say, no, that that's a big deal because I've tried to grow, uh, you know, vegetables and, and I never get anything, other, you know, maybe I get one or two, you know, tomatoes. So ask a friend and let them help you uh, give you skills that you're good at. Right. Um, the other thing is gain skills. Now, now is a time where you can gain skills where, again, you have um, I mean, the, the Internet has blown up with everybody and their grandmother doing courses. A lot of the times they're free courses. You could go to YouTube and you can learn almost anything if you're willing to sit down and do a little bit of research, a little bit of planning, right? What are some things that, you know, as you're gaining skills that you can purchase now that would help you later on? So one of the things during the whole COVID thing is my hair was getting longer. I actually did an article on this for preparedchristians.com 
Um, my wife cut my hair for the very first time. And, uh, you know, I, I've always gone to somebody else, but she cut it uh, during COVID, during the, the, the peak of COVID, right? And so at that time, if you were paying attention on Amazon, and I think I, I might have mentioned this on different episodes, you couldn't, you couldn't buy like hair uh, supply, like hair cutting supply, you know, like scissors and, and, and um, clippers and, and, and different things like that. Now, now you can, I mean, it took a while, right? Because I think everybody and their grandmother had the same idea, but then uh, you, you could find them. And so, you know, we did buy some better scissors. We did buy some better clippers. And, and since then, she's been cutting my hair. I save a little bit of money, you know, with, with my wife cutting hair. So what is uh, something that, you know, you, you can purchase that would help you in the long run uh, with the skills that you have or, or the skills that you're gaining. Maybe it's some special tools that you need to buy, or maybe it's just tools in general that you're that you need to get. Right. And so that's that's uh, something that you might want to be looking at and paying attention to. Another thing is getting the word out about what you're able to do. So if you are uh, gardening, you know, or maybe you're, you're teaching uh, how to garden or whatever it might be, you're teaching uh, somebody how to play the piano or whatever it might be, you need to get the word out. Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I, I want to say for a lot of preppers, preppers are usually loners, for, at least for the most part. We keep very quiet to ourselves and uh, you know that was something that kind of came up in the uh, the exclusive email group when we were meeting online. Is you know we're just some of us are, are, are just we're not people people I guess right. <laughs> it's like we we like our time to ourselves. But if you're thinking about an economy that is collapsing and you're talking about offering skills and services and the things that you're able to do you're going to need to build relationships. And so that's something, it's just kind of like a part of business, right? If you had a uh, a business, but you never really wanted to talk to customers, you just wanted to have a business and just open the doors, and, you know, unless you're doing something illegal, you're not going to stay in business. So, you know, you need to be friendly and get to know other people and get the word out there, you know, on social media groups, on local newspapers, on places, you know, where uh, maybe craft shows and and uh, just just get it out there, you know, just posting, you know, every time you do something like I have a cousin who is uh, repurposing furniture and he's, you know, doing um, some funky things with, you know, things that people throw away. And so he's re rehabbing them and all that kind of stuff. And what he does is he posts pictures on on Facebook so people see it and he'll, he'll put, Hey, I'm selling this for whatever, $200. And so people will buy it, but he's also letting people know at the same time, that's what he's capable of doing. That's what he can, he can do. He can rehab things. He can refabricate. He can, you know, you know, he can make things look nicer and better. And, uh, you know, so that's one way that he's getting the word out there and you might not be all over social media and that that's fine, but there's ways of doing that. So be friendly without, you know, preppers can be friendly without letting other people know they're preppers, right? And just getting out there and letting people know what you are about and what you have to offer. Another thing that came up in this article was the food production. You talked about, um, you know, the elderly people that were growing their own food and just, you know, walk in the streets with a hand cart. Um, you talked about those different kinds of things. So, 
One of the things, if, if we are moving into uh, a collapsed economy, we are moving into a slower economy, we need to be thinking about food production uh, on at, at our scale, whatever that might mean. Uh, for a lot of people, that's going to be gardening. And we've talked about that extensively here as far as you need to start. Uh, I, I just think you need the skills of being able to put something into the ground and then seeing it come forth. Um, again, it's not as easy as it's not rocket science, but it's not as easy as people make it out to be is like, hey, uh, you know, when uh, the walking dead happens or whatever, I'm going to throw some seeds into the ground and I'm going to go ahead and, you know, our whole family is going to eat off of, you know, one tomato plant or whatever, you know. So that's that's something to to think about. Again, I've already alluded to this is you could teach others to garden. Um, that is something that's very valuable, will be very valuable out there to people, is teaching them what they need to do, teaching them how to do that. Again, I've said this many, many times. I think, you know, having chickens or rabbits, if you can, I think that's very beneficial. Um, you know, for, with rabbits, chick, chickens, you might not want to do chickens because they can get loud. You know, and I'm not even talking about a rooster here. I'm just talking about if you have a couple of chickens, they could get loud. And if you have, uh, if you live in the suburbs like I do, you know, luckily my neighbors never said anything, but you could, you know, they could get uh, loud and you could have a nosy neighbor who just, you know, reports you to the HOA and, and, and all that good stuff. It's funny, funny because recently um, the Facebook group for my neighborhood, this came up and there was people all over the place on this. Uh, and so I was just, I was very happy that no one ever, you know, told the HOA about, about my chickens at the time, but you could do rabbits and rabbits are not going to be loud at all. And you can, you know, the, the, um, the rabbit, you know, poop is going to be, it's, it's not a hot, it's not hot to where, you know, you, you could use that right away into a garden. It's a great fertilizer. You know, you could do, you could have, uh, rabbits for meat, but then you can also raise rabbits to sell. And uh, my my uncle was really great at raising rabbits. I, I remember going over to his yard, uh, his backyard one time, and he had a few rabbits. And then uh, I remember going not too long after that, and it was like it multiplied. I mean, it was nuts how many rabbits he had. And uh, he was just really good at raising rabbits. And you can just easily sell them, you know, get them to um, you know, put some, put something on Craigslist, put something out there. Maybe people want to raise rabbits or maybe they just want to buy them for meat or whatever, whatever it might be, you know, but that might be something that you could do. Um, another skill, something else that came up here is bartering. So getting to know others, again, this goes back to that relationship, getting to know others and let them know you is going to be important, building trust. And uh, they talked about the shopkeeper here and uh, the trust that the person had with the $10. And there was that mutual trust that they both had that, that things went well. But when we're talking about bartering, we can talk about, you know, things that are, um, you know, people that we know that we can trust. And, and we're just not bartering with someone that is just out there in, in the wild, you knowing your community. You know, I was talking with my neighbor last night and he was telling me about a guy who lives around the corner who owns his own uh, HVAC, right? He's he's uh, he's an AC guy. And so it was a really, he, he got a really good deal on his AC and, and uh, replacing it and all that kind of stuff uh, because this guy lived around the corner and he knew him and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So if you know people, 
you start building relationships, you can you have the connection with other people. I think that's going to be important when you start bartering and not just bartering for tangible items, but bartering for services and, and, and skills. You know, what if you were in a situation where you had a leak in your roof, but you didn't know where it was or, you know, you didn't you didn't have the money to pay for it, but you could barter with something. Let's just say you're raising rabbits and someone was able to come and fix that for you. You can't afford a new roof. You're not going to, you know, put a new roof on your house, but they can fix that leak. So it's not, you know, coming in and, and destroying things. So in return, you're like, Hey, I don't have money to pay you, but I do, I can barter this, you know, um, rabbits or whatever. And so you build that trust with people. People know you. And, and I think that's important. So again, that's that building relationships in your community, knowing people, you know, getting out. And I think those are going to be important. Remember that, um, you know, when you we're talking about bartering, it's really smart to think about different stages of collapse. And so let me just talk really quickly about the differences, for instance, like when Jose writes an article and when we've read articles by Selco. Jose is writing articles about Venezuela and society is pretty much intact. I mean, it it sucks, right? Their economy sucks and all that kind of stuff. It's not really good, but at least things are intact and people are able to barter. People are able to to get along and and do what they need to do. Society is, is, is moving along. Whereas Salko, he was in Bosnia when there was a complete collapse. I mean, they were like, if you were going to start a fire, you were burning furniture and you were hiding in the shadows and you were trying to survive until, uh, you know, they, they broke the, the blockade of, of the army that was surrounding their, their city. Bartering and things that you would need to trade are going to be very different. So I remember Salko talking about um, he was able to fabricate a way to fill up lighters for uh for fire right to be able to fill them up with uh putting fuel in them so people could light their fires really easily whereas that might not be that big of a deal in venezuela and so you got to be smart about you know some people go out there and like okay i'm just going to stock up on a lot of this stuff and it's going to be used for for trade and for barter and all those things and it's like it might not be i mean you might be you know stocking up a whole bunch of stuff that is not necessary so when you thinking when you're thinking about bartering, think about the things that people truly need and the stages of collapse and where you might be. So again, talking about skills, the things that we've already talked about, skills. People are going to value those skills. If you are an electrician, if you are a plumber, if you you know you can you can fix things, if you can teach things, people are going to value those skills. People are going to need to eat. That's going to be important. So, you know, having that ability, having uh, something along those lines, you know, to barter, that's going to be important. People are going to need shelter or at least clothing. So maybe it's, you know, where right now you, you know, like you start cleaning out your closet and this happened a lot. I saw a lot of this during COVID people were like, Hey, you know, at least one thing that I can do right now is I can clean out my closet. So people were, you know, getting rid of a lot of clothes. And I mean, that's in, in, in our mentality that might be fine right now, but in a situation like Venezuela, people would be saying that those clothes, you're not going to go buy new clothes. You're going to 
continue using what you have. And if something is too big for you, well, you could barter that. You could trade that. People need shelter in the form of clothes. And so that's something that people would need. And so that might be something that if you wanted, if you had the room to stockpile, if you had the the ability to do that, then that's something that you could, you could do. The other thing is self-defense. Jose didn't really talk about self-defense here or the need for self-defense, but that is going to be part of it when you're thinking about a collapsed economy. There's always going to be people that are going to be taking advantage. There's always going to be people who don't want to put in the hard work. They rather you put in the hard work and then just take what whatever you have. So what can you do as far as self-defense and helping people with self-defense, whatever that might be? Uh, it could be where you're teaching. Maybe you're, maybe you are a, a karate instructor. Maybe you're a black belt, and so you can teach other people how to, uh, you know, martial arts. Maybe, and so I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but here in Houston, this happens. Well, people will meet at a park, and they're doing like a boot camp, or they're doing like, you know, karate, and, and they're teaching karate. So you're not paying for a gym. You're not paying for the use of a dojo. You know, you're just meeting at a park, but people are paying the instructor and they're giving them a little bit, you know, there. So maybe it's training that way. Maybe it's training with firearms and you're helping someone. Maybe it's helping people understand doing an audit of their home and helping them to understand how they can be safer at home. So what kinds of things could you barter in self-defense, you know? And so I think that is, that that could be important. So think about the things that people truly need and go from there. Stockpiling a bunch of, hey, you know, I don't know. I'm going to stockpile a bunch of lighters because I think people might need lighters is probably not the best move for a collapse situation, especially if things are, you know, we're in Venezuela and it's pretty easy just to go turn on your stove or your oven or whatever it might be. You know, it's still, you're going to have the, the cost of fuel and things, but People aren't concerned about, you know, how do I make fire? Whereas in Bosnia, people were. I mean, that was, you know, making small little fires. It was, it was a big deal. Here's the thing. Right now, there is still time for you to make moves to better your situation. And I think that's important. I think you, if you, you're smart, I mean, I know some people don't want to think about what it would be like in a collapse situation, but right now, it's the time to make moves to better your situation because you can still find things. You can still do things. You can still take classes if you needed to. You can still buy things that you might need to buy. You know, things are still, you know, you're still free, right, to, to, to move around the country, I guess, uh, if, if, you, if you needed to. So th- there's still time to make moves to better your situation right now. Whether that is building rabbit hutches, whether that's building chicken coops, whether that is you know stocking up on this or that, or building garden beds, um, letting people know who you are and what you're able to do, and and letting people get to uh, realize that you know you have some skills out there uh, before things get bad, so they know they already know you, they get, they they already know who to call if they need to. So now is the time to make those moves. To better your situation, I know people don't like to think about that, and uh, we need, but we still need to be smart about what you could do. Like when you think about people who are buying, who are, are, tr- are concerned about 
self-defense right now and they're trying to buy firearms and they're trying to find ammo, you think about they're probably kicking themselves. I wish I would have done this five years ago, right? And the people who did it five years ago said, I probably, I, I wish I would have done it five years ago. Ammo was so much cheaper. Firearms were so much, I mean, I could have bought whatever I wanted. So right now you have time to make be, to make better moves or to make moves to better your situation. And there's something to be thinking about. A little bit of planning, a little bit of thought, not just vegging out in front of the television, watching Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or whatever it might be. Put a little bit of thought into what you could do. And uh, when it comes to a time where times are tough and you need some extra, you know, multiple streams of income or whatever, then you already have these things starting to be put in place and you can bounce off of these things. Kind of like what Jose was saying, his family was able to, to get along. I mean, you're still putting in the work. It's, it's, it's not as easy as it had been in the past, but they were able to get along and he has his family and he is in a place, a better place right now because he is able to provide for his family and he's able to, to live and uh, to survive and things are a lot better. Well, everyone, like I said, I'm going to, like always, link to this article. You can come check it out over at theorganicprepper.com. Lots of links, lots of comments. You can even leave your comments here. If you have some comments for me, come over to the Prepper Website Podcast, episode 700. And you can drop those in as well. I make it really easy for you to to link from our show notes. I, I just uh, it's one of those things. You know, when I when I started my own podcast, I wanted to do things that kind of got on my nerves about other podcasts. When you look at show notes, other show notes like they don't have anything, and I'm like, come on, man, just make it easy for me to get over to your website. Make it easy for me to click on links that you're talking about. And I really try to do that with uh, the Prepper Website Podcast, make it easy for you. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 700. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.